Walking distance is supported by Gossamer Gear. Whether you're looking to break into backpacking or you're an experienced thru-hiker and want to upgrade your kit, Gossamer Gear has got you covered. Based out of Austin, Texas, Gossamer Gear has been supplying backpackers with high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear for 15 years, including their 17-ounce bomb-proof trekking pole tent called The One and their 60-liter Mariposa Pack. Under two pounds and loaded with pockets, it's strong enough to allow you to comfortably carry your load. And some good news for you as a listener of Walking Distance. You can score a 15% discount at gossamergear.com by using code WALKINGDISTANCE at checkout. Again, that's 15% off with code WALKINGDISTANCE, all one word, at gossamergear.com. So 40th birthday, I started the PCT um, as a birthday present to myself. I started out with the whole, I'm going to eat the freeze-dried food because that's what I know at the time. So I started doing that and realized that the nutrition content of a lot of those just wasn't what I needed it to be. And then with folks like supplementing with traditional hiker foods like Pop-Tarts or instant oatmeal, you know, ramen and instant potatoes, that wasn't really going to do the nutritional content that I wanted either, being a dietitian. So once I figured that out, I was like, I can't physically carry enough food. It just weighs too much, which that's what most hikers are afraid of. And they end up going in caloric deficits because they don't carry enough. So essentially, I have figured out how to maximize each bite of food to have like all the nutrition you need. And it actually turns out to be a less volume of food without having to carry that two pounds that everybody says you need to carry. From the trek, this is Walking Distance, a show for hikers, trekkers, trampers, and wanderers that proves any place worth seeing can be reached by walking there, and that it's even better when you carry all you need in a backpack. I'm Blissful Hiker. One of the most vexing problems we have when heading out on a backpack trip is what to eat. It's not as though walking maybe 10-hour days and burning through around 5,000 calories isn't making us hungry enough to scarf down plate after piled-on plate at an all-you-can-eat buffet. The real problem is how do we carry all the food we want and need, and what choices do we make to ensure we eat enough? Erin Owens Mayhew is a registered dietitian who says she loves food, maybe as much as she loves through hiking. Erin, along with her husband Chris, owns Backcountry Foodie, a company that creates ultralight recipes designed specifically for backpackers. Their model is a kind of partnership where they provide recipes, meal plans, nutrition profiles, shopping lists, and even a community forum. Erin started out carrying military MREs, or meals ready to eat, on her early backpack trips. But she found them hard to come by, so switched to eating commercially freeze-dried meals. Those proved to be too expensive and didn't make economic sense when she decided to walk the PCT. So it was by necessity that she combined her professional knowledge as a nutritionist with her needs as a hiker, and like a lot of people— she kind of fell into her business. I started getting online, reading all the through hiker blogs and all these things of what other people do, and then realized that, oh, a lot of people make their own food. Well, I've never done this before, so let me start figuring this out. 
So then the next step was, okay, I've got some fancy software as a dietitian. So I started plugging things into my recipe software and ended up creating my own line of recipes, which I call ultralight meal planning. Did my hiking for 2017, came back, people were loving the idea, wrote a cookbook, and now have an online platform that we do as full-time jobs. It's been a really busy couple of years. Right. You're definitely an experienced backpacker and a backpacker eater. You know, you touched on this briefly, this whole thing of the two-pound principle, that we have to carry that much weight for every single day. But you say that's a myth. Why? Um, because what's included in two pounds worth of food can vary so greatly. I mean, what you get in, let's say you're to pack two pounds of fresh food, like a day hike kind of thing. If you're to take sandwiches, fruits and something like that, some carrot sticks or something you would have is so significantly different from what I do where I've maximized each and every little gram of food to where I can actually eat the same amount of calories and less volume and less weight. So a lot of those traditional hiker foods, you may need two pounds of food that equals 3,500 calories, but I can pack it a pound and a half for 3,500 calories. That's my least favorite rule. And I know it's been around forever and ever. And I researched trying to figure out where it came from. And I haven't figured out where it came from. So, and two, I like to think about is that if it worked, why are so many people struggling with food? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I tend to lose a lot of weight. I, I have such a hard time getting enough calories. Is that really kind of the main angle in on this is to ensure that you're focused on on calories and nutrition first before thinking um, in terms of like the amount of food. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that kind of makes me sad about through hikers is they like, oh, I know I'm going to lose weight, but you don't have to. So if you were to pay more attention to your actual nutrition, you could actually stay really lean and strong and feel good and not have to go home feeling fatigued all the time just by paying attention a little bit more, reading some food labels rather than just kind of pulling off the shelves kind of thing and throwing it in the food bag. Losing weight doesn't have to happen. I actually maintained my weight while I was gone when I was doing the PCT and the AT. It was super strong. I came home and people were like, wow, you look awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So um, when we talk about calories and the right balance of fat and protein, which you mentioned, vitamins, um, do you have like general staples that people should be thinking of? And that's what I like to call combination foods. So I like to use foods that have all three of those things in it, the carbs, protein, the fat. So something like um, a whole milk powder is an easy example. It has all those things in it. Um, Whereas if you're to have just a packet of tuna, which is a hiker favorite, is really primarily just protein. So you also need that extra tortilla to get your carbs. And then to add in fat, you need some extra, whether it's cheese or add in some olive oil or something like that. So you actually have to eat three different foods to get all those nutrients, whereas something like I use a lot of quinoa, dehydrated quinoa, um, because it has all those nutrients in each bite. So ultimately, you can eat like all this nutrition again with less food, which means your pack's smaller. You're not having to carry all these extra foods to get the same nutrition. And that's really a problem if you're in bear country, because you have to be able to fit enough food into your bear box. And sometimes I've found that to be difficult, like you're really cramming down everything and squishing it in there. But if it's lower volume, you can you can really take more. Right. And that's something I've been known for is I for the Sierra portion of the PCT, I packed 5000 calories, seven days worth in a bear can which I know that's kind of unheard of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the trick of that is choosing foods that are pliable. So again, I use a lot of grains that, you know, can mishmash up in there and use up every single little air pocket. Um, I use a lot of meal replacement drinks, which have loads of calories and protein in them. So they're really pliable. Bean dips and hummus are really awesome. Um, Whereas ramen 
doesn't bend. It's a brick. <laughs> it has a lot of air pockets, you know, and then it's only really kind of a carb fat source. You're not getting a lot of protein. Um, so again, you have to add on that, whether it's like pepperoni or jerky or those things. And those kinds of foods also are kind of rigid. They don't fit very well. Um, so it's more of just kind of a little bit of know-how and figuring out which foods work and get all your nutrition in. And they're squishy. Oh, fantastic. You know, there's two things you mentioned. And one was that dehydrated quinoa. And, you know, for some listeners, they're going to think, well, isn't quinoa already dry? But like, that's one extra step, isn't it? To quinoa before you take it? Well, quinoa in particular does need to be pre-cooked. Um, you could cook it on trail. Um, well, I guess I haven't said that. I'm a type A personality. It works really well with getting things done for a business, but I'm really impatient when it comes to when I'm hungry on trail. So quinoa, it takes a long time to cook from the natural way it is. The easiest way to make then it's cold soaked too. It works really well. If you cook it at home, dehydrate it, then you can actually just add some cold water and you could have like a tabbouleh or something um, on trail or add some hot water and you could have a quinoa salad of some sort. Um, it rehydrates really well once it's pre-cooked. Yeah. And quinoa is super nutritious. I mean, it has protein in it. Yeah. Right. Protein, carbs and fat. Oh, it's, it's like the magic food. It's like the magic food. One of the biggest concerns, too, is not only the amount of time once you're there on the trail putting things together, but the amount of time at home. You know, you don't want to be spending, you know, day after day after day. So if you if you sort of have it, you know, in the cupboard, I guess, then when you're putting your little cups together, it's it's not as big a deal. Right. And that's what I try to encourage people to do when there's an off season. It's yucky outside. You're not able to go hike. That's the perfect time to stock up on all your staples. Um, because it doesn't take a too much effort to like boil some pasta. You normally do that or just boil an extra batch when you're making dinner one night. Um, then just throw it on the dehydrator. Then it's ready the next morning kind of thing. So it's really not a whole lot of extra effort um, as long as you do that like preseason kind of thing. So you're not having to hustle right before the weekend before you hike kind of thing. Um, and I also am a big believer in dry ingredients based recipes, which is how ours are designed because you just pull out your staples out of the pantry, dump all these dry ingredients in the bag, and then you're ready to go versus having to prepare a full meal fresh and then dehydrating it, doing all your dishes too. Again, type A. <laughs> I don't like to do all these extra steps. <laughs> right. So you've mentioned quinoa and pasta. Would you put anything else on that list of those kind of major staples that you could do sort of in a big batch? Um, I, like I said, I love whole milk powder. Or if you need fewer calories, like nonfat uh, milk powder is great kind of as a creamy base. You can use it for cereal. You can use it for granola. I mean, you can use it for all kinds of things. Um, I use a lot of nuts. So they're kind of like a regular food that we have in our house already. I use a lot of Parmesan cheese, which we already have at home. Um, a lot of like sun-dried tomatoes, a lot of dehydrated fruit, like cranberries and blueberries. A lot of these things you'd already have at home. Um, again, that's one of my focus too, is things that you just go to the grocery store and buy. You don't have to buy all these crazy powders and you know, all these crazy freeze-dried ingredients if you really don't want to, if you're just getting started. Right. You also mentioned oil. And I know that this was something when I was starting out and, and trying um, Backcountry Foodie, and it was such a game changer for me. I started to go to cold soak and um, my food tasted good. It was, it was easy to make, but I got tripped up with oil. And that's where I just, I I just felt I couldn't bring it with me because I'm too messy of a backpacker. Um, maybe you can uh, 
enlighten me on how you carry oil and not make a big mess and, and you know, why it's really important to take? Well, I just use a little mini Nalgene bottle because I use so much of it. I typically take about a four ounce bottle with me, but you do want to make sure you double bag it in an extra bag of some sort, whether it's a reusable silicone bag or Ziploc baggie, just in case you do have a leak. But I really never had a problem with it making a mess. The foil pouch ones, however, do not take those. They do puncture. So this goes back to those combination foods where carbs, fats, and protein all have their own job in your diet. So carbs give you like quicker energy. Protein is helping with your muscles. And then fat is that slow burning fuel that really kind of keeps you going longer. It has twice as many calories per gram of food. So you can actually pack less of it to get the same amount of calories as carbs and protein. Um, So it's one of these just really efficient foods that I like to use. And it tastes good. (laughs) You know, a pesto pasta is amazing when you're starving. Mmm, pesto pasta. There are 26 pasta recipes at BackcountryFoodie.com. Aaron Owens Mayhew is the founder and the foodie, a registered dietitian who discovered through her own trial and error as a backpacker that there's a better way to balance our nutritional needs with the weight and volume we can manage to carry and still have things taste good. One of the irritating things that's happened to me while on trail is developing tachycardia, or a racing heart. It seems to be associated with a lack of potassium and magnesium and likely being a little bit dehydrated. I remember sitting down on a moss-covered log in the Tararuas in New Zealand, eating every single thing in my food bag to restore my body to some semblance of normalcy before a big climb. It's a game-changer to stay ahead of those types of incidents by eating the right foods at the right time. And I guess I'd add wanting to eat the foods at the right time. They have to taste good and have enough variety so you don't get bored with what's in your food bag or lose your appetite. There's those times when you just don't feel like eating because whether you're at altitude or you're sick of chewing even, (laughs) you know, when you have to eat 6,000 calories a day, it's just like, I don't want to eat again, but I know I have to. Coming up, Erin shares one of my favorite go-to recipes that's loaded with goodness, is super duper lightweight, and is easy to make. I'm Blissful Hiker, and this is Walking Distance from The Trek. Walking Distance is supported by John Reamer and Associates. On a backpack trip, you wouldn't think of heading out without a map, a compass, and a guidebook. Planning for a healthy financial future is much the same. It's a step-by-step process. And at John Reamer and Associates, you'll get personalized financial advice to help you reach your goals today and tomorrow. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Be inspired at johnreamer.com. A private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, located in Minnesota with over 30 years of experience. This is Walking Distance from the Trek. I'm Blissful Hiker. Today we're talking to Aaron Owens Mayhew, the founder of Backcountry Foodie. Okay, let's be honest. When we backpack, diets just go out the window for most of us, and we give ourselves permission to eat anything— like Tim Tams for breakfast, Pringles for lunch, followed by a tortilla smothered with Nutella for dinner. Why is it that we crave salt and sugar so much? 
I remember on my PCT through hike, I got to the point where I ate a full bag of Sour Patch Kids every single day just to keep going. Right. That's one of those things is your body's starving for something. So if you are able to eat a little more um, well-rounded diet, then it's going to get those simple sugars without eating candy. I mean, dried fruit is going to give you some more vitamins and fiber and those things than just some Sour Patch Kids. Although I will admit I'm a Sour Patch Kids fan too. <laughs> they go in my pack, um, but they have a time and place for me. I use them more as kind of an emergency food of like, oh, I'm starting to really run down and here's a climb I'm getting ready to do. So I'll pop a couple of those to give me some quick energy um, to get up there because I digest so quickly. But I had a bad experience with them on the AT because they're just so popular and they're so yummy that I felt horrible because I was eating those instead of eating my other food. So I actually did a little experiment myself and it failed. <laughs> it was a really bad idea. So I won't do that again. <laughs> so um, in your meal plans, they're cross-referenced with a pantry. This, this idea that, I mean, I guess theoretically, you wouldn't have to dehydrate any of your ingredients. You could, you could really buy everything. Can you talk about that a little bit and how it works? Right. Again, so going back to the dry ingredients-based recipes where you can just go to the grocery store and pick up all these things and keep kind of a backpacking pantry, I guess you could say. And again, it's gotten to be where there's so many ingredients. If you have a relatively well-rounded diet at home, you probably have a lot of this stuff already at home. Um, or if you don't, then there are things that you could actually continue eating at home if you didn't use them all up in your backpacking meals kind of thing. So they're not things that you're going to use for two or three backpacking meals, and then they're going to sit in your backpacker box for, you know, six months until you need it again kind of thing. Right. Do you have a theory about eating three meals a day or snacking, or is that really more of an individual thing? I feel like it's individual. It's more of kind of whatever works for you. Um, I'm a big three meals per day person because I enjoy meals. I love to eat. Again, this is why I'm a dietitian. I love food. Um, and then I snack in between to keep my energy level um, working well, whereas other people don't like the feeling of having like large meals throughout the day. So snacking is fine, too, as long as you're still like getting those calorie needs throughout the day um, as you're snacking. Mm -hmm. Now, I did mention that getting into uh, Backcountry Foodie was a real game changer for me. And one of the big changes was leaving my stove at home and starting to cold soak. I saw a lot of people on the PCT doing that, and I just couldn't even imagine ever doing it. And I found it to be um, wonderful. I mean, it was really freeing for me. I don't drink coffee, and so I didn't need that warm drink in the morning kind of thing. Uh, so it was perfectly fine to have everything cold. Can you give a few words just about cold soak? Do you do it? And do you recommend it? Again, this is another one of those personal preference things. Um, so I actually cold soak the entire Oregon Coast Trail. And the only thing I missed was the breakfast. And this is a key I found that don't try to cold soak things that are supposed to be hot <laughs> because they just don't taste the same. <laughs> cold soak things like that are supposed to be cold. So don't cold soak oatmeal hoping it's going to taste the same or like a spaghetti dinner. Um, it's just not the same. So I've since actually created cold cereal recipes and granola and drinks that are cold that taste amazing, but they're meant to be eaten that way. So, and oh, freeze-dried yogurt is another favorite of mine. Um, just add a little bit of water and you have yogurt like you would at home. Pasta salads are really awesome cold because they're like a deli salad. Um, bean dips again, hummus, all those things are meant to be cold. So they actually taste really good. Um, so it's more of a personal preference. If you really like hot foods, then keep your stove. If not, go in cold soak, or I call it a lot of no-cook, actually, because things don't actually have to be soaked. There are a lot of foods that you just add a little water and it's ready within a minute or two. 
And you have a recipe for us today. It was a go-to for me on my last thru-hike. Chocolate peanut butter shake. Um, it's super easy to make. Again, it's a grocery store. If you're at Walmart, just about any Walmart, you can do this. Um, it's whole milk powder. It is peanut butter powder, um, which is the PB fit you can get in the, I think it's in the cereal aisle. Um, and then the car- carnation instant breakfast packets. So that's all it is. Our recipe in particular is about 600 calories and 35 grams of protein, um, which I considered a meal replacement because that's what was happening on the AT for me is that I was really suffering from hiker hunger. Um, and I just got to where I just couldn't eat anymore, but I knew I needed it. Then there's those times, like you mentioned, you just want to get out of camp early in the morning. Let's say it's raining and you don't want to sit around and cook. It's perfect to have. I split the recipe in half and use them as snacks. So I keep them in my hip belt pocket as a time in the afternoon when I'm like, you know, I'm not quite to camp yet, but I'm starving. So I'll drink one really quick. Um, And that keeps me going until dinner time. You mentioned hiker hunger and... I'm thinking of bonking, you know, running out of energy. Do you have any tips on what the signs are and how to avoid it? Um, So the quick signs are, and kind of in the progression, and this is something I've learned from myself too, um, is feeling fatigued. Um, You may not necessarily be tired just because of the hike, but you're feeling tired because you're running low on fuel. Um, And it only takes an hour to three hours for the glycogen or the carb stores in your muscles to be depleted. So it doesn't take long at all. Um, So you can start feeling tired. Um, You can start feeling kind of like wobbly legs, a little shaky. Um, Next for me comes the hangry (laughs) when I start getting a little grouchy. Some people will hallucinate it gets so bad, but I get emotional. I actually will sit down and just cry for absolutely no reason. Then my body physically cannot move. So I've since learned those signs of, and my husband now knows, he's like, I think you need to eat something <laughs> So before we get to that, that stage. <laughs> You've created three sample meal plans for listeners, which we've posted at our show notes. A fast and quick plan for people like me who just want things to be super simple and maybe even cold soaked. There's one for gourmet hikers. And then there's one for those of us who want to grab things off store shelves and just put it together on the fly. We really appreciate that you've shared some sample meal plans with us. I've gone ahead and put them up at the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to say, though, right now about your philosophy of eating while on trail? I think it's more of I'm just hoping people will kind of change their mindset about food um, because Hikers, generally speaking, we spend a lot of time reading gear reviews. (laughs) So we spend a lot of time counting grams and looking for the best backpack, the best jacket, you know, the best socks. Um, But I think hikers tend to not spend as much time thinking about their food when food is something that can really make or break your hike. So if you're taking food out there you don't like, then you could be miserable, you know, at the end of a day and you're having to kind of like stuff something down that you don't want to eat after this gorgeous hike. It's just, for me, it's personally not a good way to end the day. So I think if we just start spending a little more time kind of paying attention to our food, like we would our gear, um, I think people are just going to perform better. They're going to feel better, enjoy their food better. So that's kind of where I'm hoping to get hikers to kind of start changing the mindsets. Aaron Owens Mayhew, thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. 
Aaron Owens Mayhew is the founder of Backcountry Foodie, a kind of partner with hikers in creating menu plans that are ultralight, easy to make, full of balanced nutrition, and will keep us from bonking on the trail. I mentioned that I experimented with Backcountry Foodie's recipes while walking maybe the shortest through hike of my life, the Kekakabic Trail in northern Minnesota. And I was amazed at how delicious and filling the food was, even when I just cold-soaked. I kind of feel like I'm going to be leaving my stove at home from now on. But that was just three nights out, so don't hold me to it. You can find those meal plans from Backcountry Foodie and the recipe for peanut butter shake in the show notes. And you can always reach out to us at walkingdistanceatthetrek.co. Original music was composed by Daniel Nass. And thanks again to today's title sponsor, Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of high-quality, lightweight backpacking gear and accessories. You can save 15% on your next order at gossamergear.com by using code WALKINGDISTANCE. Save 15% off your order at gossamergear.com by using the code WALKINGDISTANCE. I'm Blissful Hiker, and you've been listening to Walking Distance from The Trek. The Trek.